And this episode is sponsored by Sew and Read. Founded by Charity Parsons, Sew and Read creates luxury experiences and excursions for canisseurs. This month, we'll be partnering with Sew and Read to sponsor two guests for one of their amazing experiences. Follow Sew and Reap on all social media channels and stay tuned for details on our exclusive giveaway. It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on LiveHipHopDaily.tv. And this episode is sponsored by Sow and Reap, created by Charity Parsons. Sow and Reap creates luxury experiences and excursions for can of sewers. Um, and this month, we'll be teaming up with Sow and Reap to give two of my followers with a chance to take part in the Sow and Reap experience. And this is all you got to do. Click the, link in our, click the link in our bio and fill out the form. And at the end of the month, we will choose a winner to receive either a 25% discount on a 2022 excursion or admissions to, for two to a supper of their choice. Um, follow Sow and Reap right now and make sure that you and learn more about the experiences they provide. Hit the link in the bio and see if you can get yours. And also Bossville Farms. What do you know about Bossville Farms? Well, what you do know can win you two tickets to their 420 bash. Now, this is what you got to do. Watch our episode with Bossville Farms' own Derek Muhammad and answer this question. What was Derek Muhammad doing before he started Bossville Farms? The giveaway will be taking place on Bossville Farms' social media page and will run until April. There will be three winners, and prizes will range from apparel to gift cards to tickets to their 420 bash. In order to participate, you do have to follow Bossville on all social media channels and sign up for their newsletter on Bossville's website. So check all, check both of our sponsors out, Sow and Reap and Bossville Farms this year. All right, so I got my guest back in the building, man. Hey, Quan, a smile. I hey. love the smile. <laughs> Quan, I had such a good time with you last year. Last hey. time, I was dying to get you back on the show because you're really like a really good guest. You really brought Thank really the super dope energy and vibe. She up in here rolling up. As always, I love to smoke. Like, let's say, yo, she brought so much black girl magic in here. There's Telfair bags. There's blunts in the building. Like, I love this. <laughs> like, I love this vibe. All right, but uh, for those who don't know or don't remember your episode, please introduce yourself. Hey y'all, I'm Quantum. I'm an artist. I am the founder of Carefree Black Girl. Uh, it's a lifestyle brand and movement, hashtag all of the things. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I lived in New York. Well, I graduated from the Clark Atlanta University and I lived in New York for some time. So many people might be confused where I'm from, but I am from Savannah. I just lived in New York City. <laughs> no, that's been a thing. Like, really? Oh, I thought you were from New York. No, I'm from Savannah. I just, when I started doing music is immediately when I graduated from college. And that's when I moved to New York. Like I graduated in May. I moved to New York in like August. What was it? What was it like when you first moved to New York? That's, that's a whole experience. <laughs> I think experience. we talked about this briefly last time. Yeah. But I mean, moving to New York was kind of tough. It was a culture shock. Yeah. Like um, the first things first, like every black person you see in New York City wasn't raised in the U.S. So like black <laughs> shit. <laughs> U.S. black shit is just not this. Was it the same? That was a first culture shock. Yeah. I'm a dark skinned girl with curly hair. So when people will walk up to me with the same skin as me, look speaking full Spanish. I didn't know like I didn't get Dominican. I didn't get Puerto Rican. Like in Savannah, you only have black, white, Mexican. Facts, basically, right? So when I got to New York, it was just a culture shock. Essentially, like the hustle was different. Mm-hmm. I saw people. I had also a college graduate, and I saw 19 year olds making thousands of dollars a week off T-shirts. And so it was just interesting. Yeah, New York's a different place. You know, growing up north is a different place. Like I'm it from was Boston. So different. I'm from Boston, and I told somebody like I'm I'm the where I work at now. I'm literally trying to learn Spanish because so many 
people up there speak Spanish. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to learn Spanish right now. And I was telling my good friend Ty, I'm actually shocked I don't speak Creole because I grew up around nothing but Haitians in Haitians, Boston. Haitians, and y'all have Bayesians mm-hmm. out there. That's so interesting. I, 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 yeah, you do give me a little bit of Boston. I give you a lot of Boston. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I don't got is the accent because that accent don't really exist. Like, I don't want y'all to ever believe that accent is real. Does, that, are you? That accent does not exist. Matter of fact, shout out to my cousin Jason. He'll tell you, man. That accent started in South Boston, and South Boston exported that out to other parts of Massachusetts. That don't happen nowhere. Like, you've never heard Bobby Brown say Pacaca. Like, you only hear new kids on the block. Oh, my God. You only, and think about it. You've only heard new kids on the block. Mark Wahlberg's of the world. Matt Damon say that. You have never heard Bobby, Ronnie, Ricky, Mike, none of them ever say that. Don't exist. That you name the whole group. (laughs) I wish my whole girl, DJ Candy Ray, was here. She's from Boston. Does she got an accent? Uh-huh. It's kind of similar to yours, only because y'all both, I can tell, have been in Atlanta for a while. Oh. I, do, but y'all have something it on it. I can't really describe it, but it's something there. <laughs> you think it's not an accent, but it is something. Oh, something I hope not. There. I hope not. I hope not. I got, I got one homeboy. I know he does. He has the, the hard pack the car, and I'm like, oh, He's stop like talking like that. Boston. Like, it's that. Yeah, ah, exactly. It's, he does something that. about Who he does that, and that <laughs> aggravates the hell out of me, man. But um, we're here today because I want to talk to you because you got a new EP, but also yeah. you're about to take Carefree Black Girl back to South by Southwest. And I know that's going to be a, a huge thing because you're bringing it back. Pat, COVID shut down a hot, lot of stuff. So we couldn't we couldn't experience the the movement. We couldn't experience the show at all. But now we can. So, But first, let's get into this this album. Because you already, I already told you, I sat there and listened to it a good couple of times. Yay, I'm happy. Yeah, I listened, to, I listened to it. I sat down and listened to it at my desk. Let me tell you, my first reaction when I heard um, the Miss Valentine EP was Kink. That was the very first record that jumped off. And I'll be real, I, I, I messaged you. I was like, yo, you giving me a lot of um, Lil' Kim hardcore vibes. It's so crazy because, like, when I first wanted to do the EP, because if you don't know, now you know. I'm a dominatrix. I have been a professional dominatrix for seven years. It's not something that I like, oh, my God. But people know. It's like, if you know, you know. Um, not an Instagram dominatrix, like a real life tie people up, stump on their balls, all that type of thing. Um, is, it, is, is it therapeutic? It is therapeutic. I think that for me, being somebody who, like, um, was interested in, like, the sex work realm but didn't want to, like, strip or do some of the other stuff, it was very, like, therapeutic for me. I don't really like a lot of white people. I'm sorry. Uh, I respect y'all, but I don't, they don't, we don't usually get along. And so to have a job where white men just really wanted me to beat their ass, like, that was like, what? Oh, the comment's going to be ridiculous. Okay. Okay. Um, And so that early on for me, like, I was kind of ashamed about it. But when I told my mom and she was just like, okay. Really? Yeah. My mom, mom, my grandma, they were just like, honestly, girl, like, you wouldn't know, like, half the stuff women do. And it just gave me a different perspective. Like, nowadays, being a dom, being a sex worker, whatever, is not so taboo. But I did start it during the time where some of that stuff was kind of, like, still frowned upon. Mm pre-COVID era. And yeah, so that inspired me to make my EP because in the recent last couple of years, it's become very mainstream and popular, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of misconceptions to being a dominatrix, a sex worker of any kind. So Mistress Valentine was just basically like a step into my world, if that makes sense. Um, in November, I was asked by a publication to 
talk about some of the misconceptions mm-hmm. of being a black sex worker, right? The Grio. And that was one of the first time I really like spoke on wax about it. But then they were able to like find like all this stuff I thought like I kinda like hid underground <laughs> about me myself. And mm-hmm. it was cool to know that like being a black dominatrix seven years ago was new, so I'm imprinting in that. So all this stuff that's happening now, it's like, okay, well, you know, you know, it's the girls ha- are doing this, but like, let's give a story about somebody who's been doing it. So that was Mistress Valentine EP, just a short, sweet snack on what it is to be a, a you know, a mistress, a dominatrix. And Kink was that record that, you know, will walk you through like a simple BDSM session or, or an intro to. You know, seeing a dom is usually like the the angry boss who's uptight, who want to release some stress, who's been stressing his 100 whatever employees all week. It's, you know, the the guy who's it's literally the police officer who's an asshole to everybody else. He comes to me to pay me to beat him up and punch him in the face all day. It's those type of clients that I get. So kink was that <laughs> intro to give you like, OK. The discipline, the bondage, all that shit, it got them into it. It's not about the sex. It's mostly about, you know, the desire to, you know, be controlled. Yeah, so that's crazy, what Kink was about. The crazy part is it's kind of a bop, too. Like, she got a really catchy <laughs> hook to it. But when I, when I was listening to it, the, thing, the reason why it reminded me of Lil' Kim's Hardcore is because I remember where I was when I bought it. Like, when I was listening to it, I was like, damn, I remember being in high school when I bought Lil' Kim's Hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I remember... When I first played it, you know, if you've ever heard her album, it starts off with the dude being in the um and being in the in the in the um, movie theater. He's watching a porn and he's jacking off. Yep. And I remember turning the volume as low as possible because I was like, "Oh shit, I don't want nobody to hear this." And I remember going in my room and listening to that whole album and being like, "I blushed." Like you know, what I'm saying <laughs> I literally remembered as I was listening to Kink, I was like, "That's the vibe I got right there." I remember that's the only time I've ever blushed listening to music where it was like. But it was, again, it was almost like a first time because we're hearing Little Kim, one of the first times you're hearing somebody be so blatantly open about their sexuality and mm-hmm. what they like and what they don't like and all that on a record. And it was so crazy. So when I heard Kink, I was like, oh. I remember being in my office. I closed the door. <laughs> I was like, oh, in case somebody hear this, I don't want them to, you know what I'm saying, be asking, like, where can I get this on, on some secret shit? And I'd be thinking, what you be doing in your, sp- <laughs> in your spare time? <laughs> but it was such a dope record, man. So talk, elaborate a little bit more about Kink, because it, it is kind of an intro into what your lifestyle is. Yeah, so um, so Kink was the inspo, like I, I, like I said, it was a little bit of that whole little Kim hardcore that um let me tell you the story vibe um vibe situation thing. Oh, can you want to get some tissue? Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um but it it started off with me wanting to give this like give the illusion of a sub being in a session, but then I also wanted to give the listener whoever knew what BDSM was. Thank you. The um the visual of what it sounds like or feels like to have a session. So the chorus goes mink mink mink. This is kink kink kink. So mink is just usually like the chain sounds when you in a BDS when you in a dungeon or you're with a dominatrix. So uh, just to break this record down from a musicality standpoint, if a sub or a slave was to hear that, they'll automatically be like, okay, damn, that reminds me of a dungeon, and it'll just make them kind of want to replay it. So um, <laughs> the, a lot of the stuff in the thing is t- intentional so that when people hear it, like some records you hear nowadays, if they got a repetitive hook or they got something that sounds like a nursery rhyme, kids will love it. So it's like the same concept. Yeah. With Kink, um, and yeah, the, the lyrics were really just taking you into like, 
you know, the mind of a person who has a kink is not, you know, all about the sex. Like, you know, got them coming like prime, sending check after check, you know, because this is something they desire. It's, you know, you can have sex with them, but why not, why do that when they want different shit? So that's what kink is about. Girl, <laughs> and, 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 and to be completely honest, you talk about people who live that life and don't want to say it. Like, I mean, I, and, and that's the reason why th- this exists. There's a reason why domination exists. Like some people are going to need to get that out and don't want to admit it. Like there's a lot of politicians. Like, girl, I, I, watch, I watch the news sometimes. I'm like, some of y'all definitely. Listen, she said, <laughs> I, in the, the lyrics I said, she said her boss was uptight, so I beat it like Mike. Her daddy paid me just to type, throwing strap like a zag. Literally, my main clients are people who <laughs> have a lot of employees. I mean, like Fortune 500 companies. Like, I started in New York City. So, my rates range from 400 hours to $1,000 an hour. So, these are not people who, you know what I'm saying, work at H&M as the manager. These are people who really can afford, like, yeah. this stuff. And it's... They can afford to have escorts all the time, but they want to have a different, you know, experience, if that makes sense. Um, people who just want to text and type all day, they don't, most of the time, they don't even want to see me. They just want to be dominated by me and want to have a conversation with me via, you know, social media, via, you know, the internet. They don't even want to, it's the allure of me. It's not even the actual presence. You talk um, about easy money. I'm not even And then, mad. you know, you have people who, you know, want to experience different type of sex like that with a strap on and you know i you know i carry a big one you know i don't have my own but i have a full tool share of different sizes <laughs> you know so those are three typical clients so in kink you hear like what type of people like this all the types of people that you see every day because people have different fetishes whether it be you know on some tease and denial shit whether it be some foot fetish whether it be oh i just want to see you look beautiful looking dominant while you smoke your weed. Like I've had sessions like that. I've had sessions where guys have been like, Oh my God, like, you know, it's been so crazy because I, when I started this, I really thought I was just going to have white men only. And then when I started getting black and Latina men, I was like, Oh my God. And the type of things that they like, it varies. It really does. And it just taught me like, nobody's a monolith. Like I've had black guys who want me to beat them up. You know what I mean? I've had black guys who want different stuff. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting time. That's crazy. We're definitely going to get into that because I did see a piece <laughs> on Grio. So I did want to talk about some of the um, stigmas that face yeah. black women who are in this business. But hybrid is another joint I liked. Ooh. Yeah, and I like the video as well. Shout out to Jamila. Like, I, I like the video as well. I thought she did an amazing job with that. <laughs> Talk to us about that record as well, because we, we could really get into e- the EP real quick, because it is a quick snap. Yeah, I mean, it's a three-piece yeah. EP. It's real short and sweet. Um, So, Popside Benny, he has been sending me packages for a few years now. And it's so crazy, because with him, I always like his spacey um action all his beats that i choose i feel like they're telling a story so at hybrid it was like fun it was like gaming it felt like it felt like hybrid it felt like a combination of different things that's what hybrid is hybrid is two different things coming together to form one so like me i'm a sweet you know, empowered community serving girl, but I also am a kinky underground girl who loves a skateboard, who loves BDSM, right? So hybrid was just like that 
track that you hear that you like, damn, like this is kind of like a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. So hybrid for me, it was like, okay, it sounds fun, but I'm going to spice it up. Yeah. And when I came in on the track, it was like, it ain't my fault that all these bitches want to be me. And now it's like, what, girl? I thought we was about to have some fun. Well, we are having fun, but walk in the room and now your nigga want to tweet me. So it's like, okay, we got you listening. And, you know, so Hybrid has been, you know, it's been a time. It's been a ride because when I released the record, I was like, okay, this is going to be a quick freestyle. That's going to be it. I dropped the first verse on Instagram and people... The reaction was just a little bit more than I had expected. Like, when you start getting over, like, 25, 30 comments on something, like, as an underground artist, you're like, okay, yeah. maybe this is something I need to do something with. So, I dropped the record. Uh, Jamie, I fucking linked up with her. People was like, yeah, I think you should work with Jamie on the video. And it was just crazy because we had the ideas, and it was just, like, every time, every step of the way, she was like, okay, 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 we, I can do it. And I was like, I don't know, man, because she coming through with one camera. I don't, I don't know if she would be able to get it done. But to be honest, like, that is one of my best videos. If I send that video to anybody, they're going to book me. If, if I send that video to, like, any show, if they not picking a song, they're sending me yeah, a comment back saying, oh, my God, girl, we just had other labels pushing for their artists, but this was very good. So Hybrid has been a ride. Like, how the song is, it's been a ride. From, and everything was just truly organic. Even the guy that's in my video with his shirt cut off, like his, I'm sorry, his shirt cut off, his shirt off, he literally walked in the studio, and we were like, um, I think it was really, he was like, Yo, um, let us use you. And he was like, what? Use me? And she was like, take your shirt off. Let me see. And he took his shirt off. He's like, well, I'm not all, you know, worked out. You know how niggas be when they all, they know they buff. He was like, I'm not all put together right now. But uh, if y'all put some oil on me, we was like, ain't no problem. Got it. Sit down. He was like, all right, I'll do it. And it was just all organic. You know what I'm saying? I had my skateboard. Jamie was like, I think we should get more B-roll. So maybe go outside and ride your skateboard and come in. So the video itself shows me coming in up to the studio on my skateboard, going into some hybrid psychedelic room, spaceship, mm-hmm. typing and seeing the different faces of Quana. You see me in this very regal, empowered stance. You see me as a dominatrix. And then you also see me as just like a skater chick. So those were all like things that I wanted to infuse in the video. And it was super dope because Jamie executed. We had a, whole, a bunch of dope other girls on the, the step. Relly, um, Sienna, she did my makeup. I was a fucking mermaid. Like, who, like, turns into a mermaid? So, like, it was just all very organic. It was very, you know, authentic. And I would say, like, Hybrid is truly, like, one of the songs I would say, like, if I said, like, one record that was like, okay, what sounds like you? Hybrid is, Hybrid sounds like me. So why did you keep it so short? Because there's only three songs. Like, why, why, why wouldn't you add a couple more records to it? Because I feel like I have so many different sounds. Like, last time I came here, we spoke a lot about me being in ballroom and being mm-hmm. a commentator. I want people to have a chance to get into my sounds. So it's short because I'm about to release another EP. I'm probably okay. going to release something for a 420. I want to release something this summer. The idea right now is to keep dropping. Like, I've done something uh, so much with um, a catalog of less than 20 songs. Now I feel like it's the time for me to drop more. And Mistress Valentine was like... One of those things where some people are still going to see me as the curly-haired skateboarder chick 
who's repping Hair Free Black Girl, they're not going to see me in the light of being this sexy, you know, sex positive person, even though that's what the person I've always been. So you give those people that, but while we, those people are trying, the people who can't appreciate that, we're going to have something for them later on. The people who just see me as a cool smoker girl, we're going to have something for y'all too. So that's why I kept it short because I didn't want people to, honestly, you know what they say, don't give them too much of you. Mm-hmm. Don't let them take your soul. Like, you can't do too much every time. Game of a variety pack. Yeah, you got to bring the variety pack. Yeah, and that's why I kept thinking, like, we don't want to overdo it right now. We're going to just three piece here, probably give them a four, 420 EP. Over the summer, we give them some bops, and we're going to keep it rolling like that because it was one year I dropped three records, just three records. But because I dropped a record, waited a few months, dropped the video, whatever, people really felt like I had this whole catalog of stuff, and everybody that year, wanted me to do some shit and it was years where i dropped the full ep and nobody heard it so yeah. i realized it's just like well you know people consume music so weird nowadays they do. you know what <laughs> i mean like you, you'll get some people who just listen to one song like you mentioned over and over and over and over and over again and then there's people who just they they literally like the kanye west kind of model that he was putting out earlier where it was just seven songs like mm-hmm. I, I, I even thought that was like the perfect way to do some shit so it's real you know you in a different space right now but i think that you creatively you know where you are and you know your audience better than anybody else would know. So you know how to deliver your, your shit. Yeah, it's always those things of artists grow up. You know what I'm saying? And the audience might not always grow up with you. And that's okay. And as I evolved, I just wanted to be, I want to save space for to lose some fans and gain some. Hey, can somebody go downstairs and open the door? Black <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you can. <laughs> yeah. Normally my camera person is here to do that shit. But but next move for you is going to be South by Southwest. And um, I got to go out there next week. I'm not super excited about it, but I'm about to go out there next week. I haven't been back to Austin in about two years now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all kind of like itching to try to see what is it going to, what's it about to be like. You're about to take um, Carefree Black Girl back down there. Why are you nervous? I know this I, is you asking me the questions, but that's just my question. I guess I'm more nervous because um, I don't know... I get nervous like this every year because whenever it gets time to buy the plane ticket, I'm like, man, why the fuck this shit cost so much? Like, I don't want to go no more. <laughs> like, like, I'm a, I'm, I become that dude. It's not like I'm, I don't, I'm not interested in going because I love the vibe. Like, just being on Your six Your butt needs to stop waiting until the last minute when you know every year you're going to go. Every year I'm going to go. I've been going nonstop since like 2009 and I keep saying the you same thing. You want those people who psych themselves out who think they're not going and they're going to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. I want to go to come see y'all, but I'm actually going to miss y'all because I'm, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to leave Saturday. Saturday, yeah. yeah. But you're bringing Carefree Black Girl down, and that vibe is going to yeah. be needed. Yeah. So I'm excited um, to... So we have been doing South by for the past three years. People like, how y'all did it last year? So we were one of the only virtual events selected to do the official South by Southwest. And that was an experience. We did it uh, here in Atlanta at the famous Chit Chat Lounge. Uh, we flew some <laughs> <Did> people. <you? laughs> if y'all go on South by Southwest website, y'all see us here to Chit Chat. Who would have brought that by? <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good experience because like, if y'all look at the video, like the way my team came in and they like did stage design and everything, you wouldn't even think that it was the chit chat until you pan and you see the the actual like audience and they were like, oh shit, that's chit chat. Yeah. Um, but we did it last year. We did it the year before. The first year we did it, we had uh, Young Baby Tate, Baby Mother. We had a whole bunch of dope other girls. Um, what we try to do is bring talent from all over the country. Yeah, nationwide, uh, every coast um, in some way, whether it's somebody hosting, DJing, or performing. And this year, we're just happy to be back, man. Um, (laughs) Nika, she's here. Um, I'm the founder of Carefree Black Girl. But when we speak of Carefree Black Girl, it is a 
large movement made up of small brands. Um, Nika owns Broke to Dope, but she also does artist booking for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Akasha's here. She's working on our social media right now. So if you ever message Carefree Black Girl, don't always assume it's me um, because Kwana be in her own world. Kwana's a brand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, Nika has put together a super dope stage uh, of artists that I like some of them. I just would have never even guessed they would have said yeah to be a part of our stage. Really? Um, yeah, because I mean, really, yeah, because you've you've done dope things. It's not like we've done dope Black things, new. but people only remember you from your last dope thing, yeah. right? So if you don't care about these community based cookouts, even though we bring in a thousand people to mm-hmm. every cookout, if they don't care that it's not an A3C or South by, they don't care. You know what I'm saying? So some people only remember South by Southwest 2019. They don't even know that we did it last year. You know, so a lot of people don't remember that stuff. So I, I don't know. I never expect people to want to fuck with you off of your brand. I because you. I feel like a lot of people have dope brands. Um, and we do great work. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, people don't realize the work we've done until, like, they see the next big thing. Like, it was so many artists that I, we've reached out to <laughs> prior to this week that we thought we would, um, want, that would want to work with us that didn't want to work with us. And artists that we didn't think we would want, would want to work with us was like, yeah, like, when Lodo's Brook team, like, hit us up, it was she's like they were dope. looking for... Oh, she's dope. We, like, that was like... But it's just, like, local artists that we've worked with that were like, oh, no, y'all gotta give us X amount or whatever. And it's like... Ugh, like you know, we we barely in there, but we'll try. Yeah. And then when you get artists like that that are like, nah, I know that y'all want to be one of the premier events on Saturday night. Let me up in there. It's just a different scope. So this year we just focused on like whoever fuck with us, fuck with us. Uh, we did our best to be intentional about the talent. Um, yeah, we got heavy hitters. We got um, what would you what would you call it, Nika? Um, like. Alternative black girls, we got um, lyricists, we got um, like dancers, you know, people who make bops. So we were very intentional about making a well-rounded stage uh, because, yeah, we... Who are some of the acts who are going to be on stage this year? Um, so some of the acts, so headliner, we have Day Burger. Um, if you don't know Day Burger, she is like an upbeat, like dance, uh, she's... She's a rapper. She'll be considered a rapper. But when you think of Day Burger, think of her like the Azalea Banks, like Lane. So she makes a lot of music for uh, the movies that we watch. She's been on Insecure. She was on Euphoria. So all that like show music, Netflix movies, she's killing that lane right now. Um, Sparrow, she is... I would say alternative, more of like a rock rap vibe. She has the same manager as Playboy Cardi. Um, Lola Brooks, she's hard hitting Brooklyn mm-hmm. uh, rapper. Um, she's buzzing real crazy right now. Baby Kahlo, she's from the DMV. She's another like alternative rager. You, I would put her in the realm of like a Rico Nasty. Um, I'm rapping. I feel like me, my style is more in between. I'm like, um, I could give you lyricism, but I also give you upbeat bops. Um, then we got this girl, what's it, Chiquita uh, B. She's from Austin, so that's dope to like that's bring in up. local talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm missing somebody, uh, please. That's a dope. My head that's a dope, That's a dope lineup, and I like how you mixed it all up. Because again, if you ever been to South by Southwest, you've been to some shows where it's almost like one line of yeah. everybody. Like they almost everybody has the exact same style. Yeah, yeah. And I it's like, like that. Black women, we so it's we're a lot of we're not a monolith. If you don't know what that word means, we're not all the same. Simply put, yeah. um, so it's important for us to highlight a different 
scope of black women at all times because if we don't like somebody's going to be left out and it's definitely needed like i love what Issa ray does with radio because i feel like what mm-hmm. she does is put on people who um won't necessarily fit into what you feel like it would be the lane that they would say this is what an artist should be like she puts on so many folks man like there was a, a matter of fact i remember listening to kari foe because of that you know right I mean? right right straight up straight up like i remember just going to get through her whole catalog as much as she had at that moment because i'm like <laughs> Who the fuck is this? Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think that's calls. needed. No small talk. I try to book um, Kari Fo so many times, but it's like early on as an artist and as a business owner and curator, I didn't realize how much artists actually do get paid when they're in the game. Yeah. I didn't realize that because my ass don't get paid. Like I know DJs get paid, photographers and everybody get paid from no matter what level they on, but rappers don't always get paid. Well, I get paid now, but when I first started rapping, I didn't always get paid. So it was gagging me when I was hearing numbers like 4,000, 5,000 for artists who didn't have a song on the radio. But it's like, it's so many levels to yeah. music. It's like, you don't even have to be on the radio these days nah, to really be nah. in the game. Nah, like, no, nah, not at all. Careful has so many placements. You definitely got to have five, uh, yeah, a good, a good coin to become. That's what's up, man. Yeah, not 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 at all. You know, and that that's that's a myth that really needs to be shattered. You don't necessarily yeah, need to does. be on the radio at this point. Like again, you can listen to Insecure and hear like some artists that you have never ever thought about listening to, and now you deep down in their catalog, like listen, I was. It's the fan base. It's the the support, the genuine support, and it's partnerships these mm-hmm. days because radio. I love to hear songs on the radio and discover new artists, but then you look at tv and you're like this person is on this record Mm -hmm. or or this tv show Mm -hmm. or this movie and like that goes a long way too because that stuff is like it's forever like it's going to be out there forever so if anybody watches you know friday after next week after last holiday they're gonna hear your record so it's like after a while the radio is gonna fizz out matter of fact salute to my family z rich and alana rich y'all gonna hear them on power on power like yeah like i like that I like that. You don't hear them on the radio, but they'll be on I power. I don't know, Z. I don't know Alana, but y'all turn <laughs> up on this show. For real. Yeah, for real, And for you real. love to see it. Like, Light Skin Keisha, I know she probably is playing on Atlanta radio, but I don't feel like she's everywhere. But to see her, like, getting on shows and stuff like that, like, that takes artists on a different level. Like, right. that makes you eat for a lifetime, not just... For you know, as wild as you're, as long as you're hot. Yeah, it's really about just understanding that you have to expand your your what you feel like success is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot yes. of people, especially when it comes to artists, they feel like success is being on the radio. It is being on TV. But I'm like, at this point, there's so many different platforms, outlets. Like, start trying to shop your music to, to, to production companies. <laughs> like, that's what, probably the best way right now to get your music out. There's so many production companies making stuff. They need music. Yeah, and I love all the uh, black TV. I'm just excited for. Not even black tea, but just creatively, I think that music and art is taking a new turn, and yeah. I think that's so dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else though? Let's talk about your um, your work and your your work. Because again, <laughs> I did watch the Griot interview, and I was like, you know what? That's a good question that you're, I want to kind of get into, and that's the stigma around black women in sex work. Because what you do should cost a lot of money. But I do know white women probably get a ton paid a ton a shit ton more so you, <laughs> to listen, do the shit that you to do the shit you do. People um I've been in Atlanta back in Atlanta for almost two years now and 
I have had calls like, you're a black girl. Why the hell are you charging so much? And that's, you, you're fucking up the no, game. That's why I'm charging so da, much. Da, 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 da. You get what you mean? And I came from a place where it's certain girls you can't book unless you're spending $2,000. Yeah. You can't book. And these are like, like, I'm talking about white girls, Asian girls. When I started out, I was one of two or three black dominant matrix that I knew in New York City. And I'm talking about this is 2013, 2014. If you were out there, I didn't see you. Yeah. I didn't know you weren't advertised. I didn't see the advertisements. And what I realized is like I was 200, whatever. And then another black girl who was only a masseuse told me, she was like, don't do, don't do that because it's girls out here getting a thousand dollars an hour minimum. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's, it's the cap is, Endless for other people, but when it comes to black women, I think that people try to tell us like what we should and what we shouldn't get, what we do and we don't deserve. So like when I talk about being a dominatrix, and you know there have been guys that are probably listening right now who are going to try to book a section session with me. They're going to think they're going to fuck, but I don't fuck. You're not even looking at my pussy. You're not touching it. You probably won't even smell it. I don't get paid for this. I listen, and it's, people joke, but it's like they get upset. Because they feel like we don't deserve these things. But it's a white girl right now sitting in her, her, her condo on 21st Street in the high rise, smoking a cigarette, getting paid $2,000 with somebody looking at her. You know what I mean? An hour. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there like this. Now, I, I, I fully believe you. Because I feel like... You know like what I'm saying? Fully sitting, believe you. And, and, and sitting. Yeah, just sitting And nobody's kicking questioning it. that. Kicking it. But because I'm black and they're like, well, how dare you? No, how dare you feel like... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if this guy... guy who's paying me is overworking little Leroy for all his little, you know what I'm saying? Being mean to him. Why not let my black ass beat his ass after he leave work? There you go. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's reparation. Somebody got to grab him. But you, you, you'll be surprised how many people have called me and like, be upset and like just, but I think that that is because people feel like black people just don't deserve certain things. And like I said on the Rio, like, that's the reason why people don't decriminalize sex work. That's the reason why the weed thing is still a big deal because it's like they know that certain people are going to mm-hmm. get money. They're mm-hmm. going to get wealth. It's going to be no cap on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like if there's no cap on it, you know what I mean? How do we oppress people? Look. You oppress them by making them think it's bad. And that's you change the language, right? So now that you know the whole OnlyFans and sex work thing has come about, it kind of changed the scope. You know what I'm saying? The fact that all these people got dispensaries, it's changing the scope. And yeah. they don't want you to think. And the only thing they are holding on is this mindset that we had about all this stuff. The thing is, when it comes to black, whether it's black creative or black sex work, it the 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 they feel like it should be free for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you right now, like, I've had them same arguments even doing the podcast and being a writer. Like... I know these white dudes. Again, I'm going to say white dudes. I mean, it's just a fact. I know some white dudes and some white, and some white <laughs> women are getting paid way more than what I, when I would get paid to do way less. I way, know this. When I <laughs> say to do way, way less, less. Yeah. like I know girls who, <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all, I don't know if y'all watch Euphoria, but y'all know how Zendaya be looking after she just get on her crack run, her, 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 her stint. I know girls who would just look like that and just put on latex with nothing and go get their coin. And then I'm expected to... Put on makeup, a full face, a wig, nails, everything for people to feel like I deserve a four hundred or whatever. And what I and these and I'll see somebody and they'll call up another girl like you know I'm gonna call up another mistress and see if they can come through and she come through and with wet hair smelling like a dog. <laughs> Low, but then you <laughs> ask these girls like how much are you getting paid and it's double with you getting paid. But it's like you have to set your price and that's what I realized just 
it is what it is. Like I may not have two and three clients uh, every like every day, but the one or two clients I get every other day is paying me more than what I've had to do for all this fucking long ass time. Two hundred an hour. I feel like sometimes it's not enough for what we put into hell. My nails could end up being two hundred dollars an hour. Look, fucking just crazy. I hate the fact that sometimes <laughs> black people play into that too much. That almost like you're shocked. I'm giving you even a price. Like, bro, you about to go give this money to somebody else simply because they said they had a platform. Like, I don't want to. I can name names even all day. Like, like. From high times, anything they gonna you gonna throw money at them for doing absolutely nothing for you, and then ask me to do cartwheels. Listen, I know people who you go like some of these these guys, these sub slaves. I know that they where their real pages are. I go to their real page, <laughs> and they done spent like four thousand dollars on an NFT, a picture of something dumb. <laughs> so it's like for me, the money is being spent some way. Yeah, and like I think that black people need to. Not, like I say black people because I like to talk to my people directly. I don't really care about what everybody else is doing. Don't think I'm trying to stigmatize us. I just think that we need to get out of the habit of accepting this idea that people don't have money. Just because all mm. of us don't have access to mm. it, the other people be having it. Mm. And let them have it and let them spend it on us if mm. they want to. Because... Mm. Just let them do it. Like, Facts. even when it comes to, like, the sex work thing, the NFT thing, like, all this stuff that's been, even the weed shit, like, all this stuff that people have become, like, have had more access to in these past two years, I only see us, like, tearing it down. And I hate that because it's like, why not? Like, these other people have been doing this shit for years and yeah. nobody has been saying nothing. Look at all the Hadids and all these girls who got these millions of dollars off OnlyFans and they wasn't doing nothing but showing a smiley picture. Mm-hmm. Like, and y'all, like, come on, like, we, so we have to kind of, like, stop bashing our people when we do some of the stuff that other people are already doing. Because Keep it funky, it, man. Like, being a dominatrix, people have been wrapped, like, alluding to being a mistress, uh, whatever, for years, Fact. you know what I'm saying? But they would never wholly admit to being a sex worker, because it essentially still is being a sex worker, whether you haven't full-on... Pop the pussy sex, whatever, stripping on a pole, it's all sex work. You're selling sex, hell. But some people, they just didn't want to be associated with it because, oh, yeah, that's only like a black thing. That's only like a a, a Spanish girl thing. But it's fucking high-class escorts out here who are models. Who, who you, we think are models, but they're just literally high-class escorts. Like, this person is only on this runway show because she's dating this other man, this man for half the year. And I've seen it with my own eyes living in a city like New York City. But before going there, I didn't know that all this stuff was like this. I thought, like, every bitch was coming from, you know, being a model or doing all this stuff from young. No, these girls, like, a lot of these people do do a lot, but because it looks a certain way when it comes from other people, it's like, if they see me in a the room, they're going to automatically assume, like, oh, she fucked somebody to be up in there. Mm-hmm. But if they see somebody... Mm-hmm else in the room like another girl my same age but of a different race they're gonna automatically seem assume like okay well maybe she's related to somebody but that's not always the case girl look i i, I we face it all day like i remember when we first started <laughs> my do- girl look <laughs> <laughs> when we when we first started doing the podcast i remember people asking me are you scared to do this show like i was like why would i be scared to do this show well you know what that's going to happen i'm like bro high time's been around for decades ain't nobody ever asked them if they scared to do their thing and people would jump on covers you know what i'm saying way before this was ever <laughs> legalized jump on whole covers and never say to themselves I'm scared to be on this people would tell me straight up I'm scared to come on what are you scared of other than you talking to another person who look like you you know what I'm not gonna lie Mecca when I first like I've been a dominatrix like I said since 2013 2014 is when I really got into the gist of it but 
I've been using the carefree black girl phrase since 2011, 2012 and doing like women empowerment community events. I learned early on that some people were just like, so like, uh, no, like girl, like I hear that you were like, you were dumb. Like they would just the way they will react to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then like three or four years ago, I wouldn't be sitting here trying to say, girl, we going on tour and I'm a dominatrix. I really have had, you know, this new era has given me the confidence to be accepting of, you know, what I do and accept myself wholeheartedly and all the pieces of me because at one time it was not okay for me to be running the women empowerment brand and being a sex worker those two things couldn't coexist at one point you get what i'm saying like the 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 um the older women didn't want their college girls at no event with no sex workers there you know so but not in the same breath, those same girls be working at Magic City or whatever, whatever. But it's just this idea of like, yeah, y'all can do that, but we're not doing it publicly. So a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have. But it just took me to see how free other people were doing mm-hmm. this stuff to me, for me to just be like, why am I fucking holding myself back Girl. when these people are doing this stuff so freely? Like, I mean, girls on a Disney channel two years ago is dating for coin. And I'm like, wait, it's not the same couple hundred dollars I'm getting, but it's still you're dating for a coin. Yeah. So, yeah, I really had to learn. It's just, you know, because it's you and your black ass. That's Girl. why it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. That's one of the things I always admired about you. You you, 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 you 100% embrace who you are. And that's what you, that's what we all kind of need to do. And it steps up our values, you know, to especially to each other. Stop trying to shortcut each other about change. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When you know good and damn well, you would pay full price and not even blink. If somebody else asks you about that same thing. But I ain't going to go on a diatribe about that. <laughs> I see you smoking over there. You know, shout out to my boy over there at High End District. I saw that, I saw yeah. that shoot. How, how did you get involved with High End District? Um, so shout out to High End District. Um, I actually met him at A3C years ago. I really don't even want to talk about A3C right now. Um, cause they blocked me. Why y'all block me? If y'all hearing this, why y'all block me? <laughs> Anyways, so I met him at A3C. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. I remember A3C a few years ago, and he's just been supportive. He uh, comes out to the Broke to Dope shows. He comes out to the Carefree Black Girls shows. And, yeah, he just asked me if I wanted to do it one day. Uh, I don't, if you don't know me, I smoke a lot of weed. Like, when I say a lot of weed, <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed. Like, I ain't going to even say my average, but I smoke a lot of weed. Um, and people notice about me. If you see me somewhere, I'm rolling up. If I can't smoke in there, I probably won't be there long. Um and it just linked up. Bugs did to sh- did the shoot. Wavy Bugs, shout out to him. And we went to like this cigar spot, and we did the shoot. It was pretty good. That's the papers that he had at the time was some black papers. Uh, they're special occasion papers when you mm. want to look fancy. They black with like gold tips on them. So those were dope. Oh, put your pink, put your pinky in the air when you're smoking. Yeah, like I they fancy dancing. I feel you. I feel you. You know what I like about his papers is the um the fact he got rap lyrics in there. And I I, I told him when I first met him, I was like, yo, that's ingenious, my nigga, <laughs> my boy. Like. Keep doing that shit because that's a way, that's a, a smooth way to start promoting that joint and, and really get a lot of people involved. Cause I can see people saying, yo, I want my own exclusive pack mm-hmm. just to put my lyrics on there and see if people gonna, you know what I'm saying, pick up the music. Mm-hmm. Thought it was a really dope idea. <coughs> that, that makes sense. Yeah. So you a papers over blunt, over, over blunts person? Yo, I'm, <coughs> wait. So shout out to Hot Times. It's not take away from him, but we up here, uh, Pearl, what is it? Pearl Rolling Company. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we um got their papers right now. And I actually am a papers person over blunts. Um, shout out to Brooklyn, New York for exposing me to the paper in front of Wave. Oh. And I appreciate it. 
Um, I actually don't have a no frontal right now. I just got paper and we, and this is pretty smooth. Oh, so you mix them up. Like you, you roll up a paper and a frontal together? Yeah, I'll do like a light strip of fronto or like a a little bit of graba in my weed. Mm, mm, that, that boy like right my there. My strips he's are smiling. super... He's smiling. <laughs> That's how he's smiling. My strips are super skinny and I put, I put a little strip, you know, the weed and it rolling in the paper. Yeah. Like backwards and shit, like, I don't know. It makes me too like i don't know i just it's maybe too head high or something i'm trying to get off tobacco like, simply because smoke and be weeded up not like i want to get off tobacco for the for the simple fact i know not one of them brands would ever say this is why we're using it you know what i mean like like for some reason i don't know dutch master cannot believe that people out here smoking strawberry dutch masters you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying like, like you, no way you can't believe that. Smoking that for you can't believe straight that. up and surviving you know what week. people are doing for it and they will <laughs> never ever say that so i'm like i ain't gonna keep giving y'all money man like, like, i ain't gonna keep giving y'all no money man let me find some of these dope black owned um i papers. like the little uh I like how everybody's making their papers one. I like that. Um, the little, the other brands that people be making. Like I saw Blackwoods one time. I don't know if that's a thing. Black or if Wood. I made that up, but okay. I feel like I saw Blackwoods. <laughs> like I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate the the innovation. Because yeah. Because at the end of the day, we got to take back ownership of some of this stuff. Like that's why every time I see somebody selling papers, I buy some. I'm going to smoke if. Let me tell you something. It's going to get smoked in my house. Like, it might not be the first choice, but it's going to get smoked at some point. Like, it's going to be a time when niggas is like, pass me the papers right there because we even win. Do you smoke before you you, you work with a client? Like, is there a strain that's like, yo, this is my shit right now. I need to get this OG because I'm going to fuck this dude up. Uh, I try not to do, like, ruts or anything heavy before I uh, work with a client. Like, I don't like to be lethargic. I feel you. I like to be um, in control of the session because a lot of the, a lot of being a dominatrix is about your prowess mm. and your allure. So I try to keep that. Um, I try not to get like too tired during the session. So I'll do anything except for like some runs or like something that's gonna make me just feel like uh, moving slow. That's what's up, man. We gotta get you your own strain, man. <laughs> oh my god! Everybody always says that, but Smoking I wouldn't know pack. what my strain would be because I like so many different types of weeds. I don't really. I just like the weeds. I like the weeds. <laughs> I like the weeds. I like the weeds. I'm not really a vapor. Me either, man. Me either. You know, and the, the crazy part is I've actually been taking a tolerance break. So this is probably the closest I've been to actually smoking in a in a, I ain't gonna, a good second for me is a week. So in a, in, a, in a good second. Have you? I feel like every time I'm here, you're taking a tolerance, nah, tolerance man. break. Nah, man. You must do this Mm-mm. once a year around Mm-mm. the time I'm over here. No, nah, I'm, t- I'm taking this one on a, on purpose. But yeah, I'm taking the tolerance break for a second. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 So what you got planned at South by? Because you didn't say what you was doing. You just asked me what I was doing. Oh, I'm going to pull up. Um, shout to girl Lala. I'm going to pull up to okay, her Lala. show. Yeah, I'm going to pull up to the No Face Card show. I want to see Shice Bubs, you know what I'm saying? Because Shice Bubs is a legend. So I want to pull up to him. Um, not, More than anything, I just want to go down there and get some content and get a vibe. You know what I mean? Like well, everybody, definitely link up. I'm going to. Yeah, I know you're going to be in the city, man. I see you, you book her. <laughs> yes, book I'm just her. like, listen, book me. I'm always down to perform. Carefree Black Girl is going to be there on Saturday. We got some dope stuff coming. I can't really freaking talk about it. The thing about it is, I love being sponsored by brands. I love y'all down. But the fact of the matter is, everybody having these protocols, I like, can't say this mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, 
don't do that to me. I be wanting to. But yeah, we got some dope stuff coming out. <laughs> and I will, you know, if you can't make it, but if you're from Atlanta, you hear this, Atlanta should definitely come out. Yo, Atlanta should definitely come out. And um, matter of fact, before we, what I'm going to do also is I'm going to put the, the hybrid video link in the bios. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to yes. put it in the caption of the, of the podcast so y'all can check out how dope <laughs> that video is. And I'm going to put the link in for her EP so y'all can make sure y'all stream that EP. Yes. You heard what she was saying. We're going to start promoting black brands. We're going to start making sure that we all start getting the money we deserve. Yes. And yeah. it's it's no problem. Listen, Carefree Black Girl, we have something called Carefree Black Girl Sunday. Every Sunday. I do it every Sunday. I don't give a F what I'm doing. And I just show love to black women, repost their work, shot them out, anything. And I think that if you listen to this, you could try to start your own thing. You could be like, fuck with me Friday, fam, Tuesday, or something like that. Just shot people out. Like, even if you don't want to always be reposting people work all the time, like, yeah. you could just take a day to shot your folks out. And I think that that will help everything if we just all just show each other love because love is free. Facts. <laughs> Quanta, how can somebody support you right now? Like, how can they find you on social media? Right how can they stream now, music? you can, when we get off this freaking podcast, when we get off Cash Color Cannabis, look for Quanta MC. It's Q-U-A-N-N-A-M-C on everything. And if you're looking for the last EP, it's Mistress Valentine EP. So like Valentine's Day. Um and yeah, you heard enough about everything else I do. But yeah, follow Quana and yeah, keep in touch with Mecca because he's such a sweetie. <laughs> I still got that shirt, I wear it all the time. I gotta get you another one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you drop, you gotta send it to me. Definitely, definitely. I definitely gotta get you support. And also make sure y'all, you know, you you can do it on a slick. Go ahead and book her. I know some of y'all got some <laughs> release tension, man. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> well, oh, as a dominatrix, yes. Go oh my and book god. Her. It's so crazy because Cardi B said a hoe never gets cold, and I got cold outside. Stop. That's why I like wearing latex because, <laughs> um, but I'm fully vaxxed and waxed, so please book me. <laughs> I love you, Quanta. Quanta, thank you for coming on the show tonight and blessing us with your presence, man. I thank you, you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. Make sure y'all follow her. Make sure you follow Cash Color Cannabis. And again, this episode is sponsored by Sow and Reap and Bossville Farms. And, and apparently a lot of laughs. We out. <laughs> Later, y'all. And this episode is sponsored by Sow and Reap. Founded by Charity Parsons, Sow and Reap creates luxury experiences and excursions for sewers. This month, we'll be partnering with Sow and Reap to sponsor two guests for one of their amazing experiences. Follow Sow and Reap on all social media channels and stay tuned for details on our exclusive giveaway.